Are you uh are you doing this? Oh, I'm not doing the Oh, you're being fancy again. I'm doing I'm being rather Le vin rouge. What is that? Is that beer? This is not a beer. Huh. This is a old fashioned. Oh god. With See, I started off thinking I was like all all that and hoity toity and you beat me. Honestly, I'd much rather have an old fashioned than a little Van Rouge. Yeah, so this has um, O3, a little bit of orange liqueur in it, because I didn't have fresh oranges that I could get the peels. And it has larceny, which I think is kind of basically what poor man's Pappy Van Winkle. Is it? Yeah, it's a wheated, uh, wheated, wheat, wheated. It's a whole wheated <laughs> bourbon. I haven't, I hadn't heard that it was a poor man's Pappy. Yeah. Now I got to get it. What else is in here? Oh, you know what the secret ingredient is? I don't. It's black walnut bitters. Mm. Dude, you... Uh, okay, yeah. I admit, I'm jealous. It's not fair. Mm. It sounds good from here. Mm. Mm. Uh, all right. Should I get us going before the tannins dry out my mouth entirely? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns in a category on Kickstarter and each pick a campaign back. We are your hosts, Brian Dupuy and Chris Rump, and this week we're talking about what we back in the food category. Chris, hungry? Hey, buddy. I'm uh, quite sated are at you? this point. Mm-hmm. Did you eat food from <laughs> Kickstarter? Not yet. No. Okay. Yeah. This, this that would evening... be asking much you know this is like the first time in the last i think three recording sessions that i haven't had tacos before we've recorded (laughs) i didn't know there was a trend (laughs) yeah i'll be darn is this a taco bell tacos or is this chubbies uh well sometimes it's been chubbies tacos sometimes it's been homemade taco night Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah i had yakisoba tonight oh so i am uh, my wife homemade yakisoba really yeah you didn't know i married a japanese woman i I didn't didn't know know. i married a japanese woman yeah she uh she found she's you know since we did the whole kitchen renovation she's been trying new things and she's been cooking some really excellent stuff so today was homemade yakisoba awesome she may also not realize she's a japanese woman I, i don't think she does but i'll i'll take it I've often no, that's said, awesome. yeah, I've often said I probably should have been Asian of some kind because I like all Asian food, period. Like hmm. all of it. Eh, there's probably something weird out there that I wouldn't like, but even the sea urchin? I don't like. I You know what? Maybe I would. I haven't done it. I know you oh, have. It's so it's so good. It's see How does that work though because Everything I hear tells me that sea urchin is the worst thing you can possibly put in your mouth. I just don't understand where that perception comes from. I mean, see, it doesn't now even I want to try that. it. Yeah, it's great. It just tastes like cholesterol. <laughs> it's just this wonderfully like lush, I don't know, flavor. It's just it's great. Given what my doctor has told me, he would probably run <laughs> run at me and tackle yes. me before going into the door if I tried to order don't do it your heart it's ah we should go we should go somewhere hey did you have any at uh did they do that to you at yamazushi 
No, we did not have the sea urchin. Mm. We had several different prawns and other delightful delicacies from the sea, but not not, not sea, sea urchin. urchin. Okay, I was curious. Never know. Yeah, they tend to tailor that menu to what's in season, and <laughs> and this isn't I, sea urchin season. <laughs> Is there a sea urchin season? I don't know. I don't either. I know nothing I, about those creatures. I know there's the old mythology around um, you should only eat oysters in the burr months. So really? The ending in burr, yeah, October, November, December. I'd never heard that. In the burr months. In the burr months. The, the, the things that I learned from you. You're like my Jedi Master. I am yeah. but a Padawan when it comes to life. Half are probably totally false. <laughs> no, I believe in you, Chris. <laughs> I believe in you completely. So, what's going on in Kickstarter this fortnight? Well, Brian, did you notice the recent design changes on Kickstarter? I'll be honest with you. I did, but whenever I pulled it up, I honestly thought the page just didn't load correctly because <laughs> it looked like there were elements that were just plain, Yeah, and I thought it was missing graphics or missing styles or something. So I was, I was waiting for the page to finish loading, and then I realized, oh, wait, did they change this? So, yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing I noticed was that the Project We Love tags that appear on certain campaigns that I have, I don't know who decides that those tags should go on the projects, but right. the first thing I noticed was those Project We Love tags were white. Yeah, they're just and like first little thought, rectangular markers. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was having a mild case of insanity. <laughs> but And then I thought, like, I think I had the notion that, well, maybe they're doing some sort of design change for the holidays. Oh. Because Google's been known to do that with sure. the Google Doodles and that kind of thing on their search page. But um, then I noticed that the Kickstarter logo up at the top of the the homepage just looked out of place too. And I realized that um, the old logo had two tones to it. Right. And the new logo is a single tone and no longer is it, what was it, black and green? Now it looks like it's a really blue-green, like a dark blue-green. Huh. Um, I thought it was black, to be honest. Interesting. Oh, yeah. It even looks like somebody just took a bicycle tire, pump tire, and <laughs> yeah. like just pumped it up. Just shh, shh, shh. honestly, um, it looks like they stroked it, like in Photoshop. They just put a big stroke on it with the same color and fattened everything up, like and, and which would result in a bicycle tire appearance. But yeah, that's it is a bizarre redesign. It really everything is flatter and more yep. monochromatic. I didn't even notice the project we love. The thing that I noticed was that the explore is different, the mm-hmm. the filters different, and uh, now that you mention it, yeah, the project we love. Uh, it used to be green, right? It was like a green badge. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So color bad, monochrome <laughs> good. Well, I think in general the UI just looks a lot more stark. Just yeah. maybe even a little downbeat. Yeah, and there's a lot more use of white space all over the place. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a what a 27 inch monitor, and I can only get three across. There's, oh, it's as wide as I can make it, and there's just three projects across now. Interesting. Yeah, I mean the design looks pretty clean. Yes, I mean I, clean is a I'm word sure, for it. I, yeah, I think every UI designer out there in the world just is probably tired of hearing that word clean. <laughs> It's kind of meaningless. When I saw it, too, I thought, like, it's taken more design cues from Google's material design philosophy. Mm. Yeah. No. Okay. And I I only just started to digest this um, 
really before to today before we got on the the microphones here and i i found one article that i sent to you with the title opinions mixed on kickstarter redesign mm. mm-hmm. which i just kind of glanced through and thought was pretty interesting as well because i don't think anybody saw this coming it still no. seemed like it was sprung on the community sure um i think the positives generally were that the reduced color does let the focus be you know, it lets the, the, the projects seeking funding, right, yeah. have the attention focused on them, which actually can be a positive. Sure. Um, it, you know, it basically pushes that Kickstarter brand into the background and lets yep. the campaigns come forward. That's valid. And then some of the negatives just were maybe that pumped up font is less readable than the old font <laughs> as well. But that's some of that I wonder, too, just anytime there's a a design change with something that's familiar, I think everyone immediately just kind of goes, yeah, because we're all creatures of habit and any change looks rather jarring. I can't think of any design change that any companies had where people just immediately were like, yeah. (laughs) Except for the notch. Everyone jumped on the notch and supported it from day one. (laughs) And Airbnb too, right? Everyone loved that logo right away. Oh gosh. Yeah. The, the I, I remember co- being a little annoyed at that logo. I remember <laughs> it. I don't. <laughs> and now, and yet, now it looks so familiar. Sure. So, I think the funniest comment that I read um, about the new Kickstarter logo was that it looks like Pac-Man on steroids. <laughs> a super buff Pac-Man. Yeah. Fair enough. So, anyways, just yeah. a change. We'll get used to it. Yep. So, Brian, I found a neat project idea. Well, okay. Share with me, please. <laughs> the four bears. The four bears. This has nothing to do with food, which is our category this week, but I'm not even sure how, you know, like sometimes you're just playing around in the Kickstarter place space and, hey, this idea gets pushed to the forefront. And this one was one that I saw and thought was, like, oh, that's really neat. It was called Four Bears, and it's a customized children's book about your family. Huh. So the aim of this project was to create an illustrated children's book that's personalized specifically for your own family because every family has its own story to tell. So this is like a kind of fun way for families to preserve their own family histories and family mythologies in a way that children can learn those stories as they grow up and they're reading um, with their with their parents. So that's pretty neat. It is pretty doggone cool. I didn't I didn't realize it was quite as customizable as it is. So they've done something, and they even describe it as this. It's like filling in a Mad Libs for your family. You have various questions or, or a, a narrative that you start constructing based on these drop-downs that you can fill in. So like the name of a child, Larry, was born in Texas. And that you know you enter in Larry in Texas. And then there's other details that you add in, kind of Mad Lib style, and I guess that's how they uh, guide you down the path of creating the narrative that fits your family based on what they have available for their thing. And they, they said, how many combinations did they have? Something like 150 avatar combinations that you can use to set up the people in your story to match your family. That's very cool. Because yeah. they've had that for a while now, right? They've had feature your name in a story and everywhere you know it's basically a mail merge at that point right everywhere there's a 
child name they would insert nathan <laughs> right. right and so then you're, you're you're in a book Ooh, but this right. is way more customizable than that that's very cool yeah i thought it was really really neat and yeah, it's so, so kudos to them they're funded yeah so 35 dollars to get one hard copy of a book about your family and it's what seven days to go that's really cool yeah and the neat thing is i can really see this being one of those things that even catches on well after the Kickstarter. Absolutely. So this, is, this isn't one of those things that if people don't get in on the Kickstarter, they're going to miss forever. I think this is going to be a service that'll have have legs and yeah. people will be able to go in there and tell their stories and have books printed and have them in hand with their families um, to recount those family histories. It looks, it looks, it's awesome. It really is. Great find, dude. Yeah. I might actually have to do that. That would make a really good Christmas present for somebody. Yeah, I think, too, just having a small kid right now and reading every night <laughs> with him, I'm thinking about this kind of thing. Like, oh, that that would be really neat. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Good find. So did you find anything What's bizarre this week? Um, I did. <laughs> oh, should we talk about things we got? Do, we, do you want to do that <gasps> before we go into the, Chris, the bizarre projects? I got a thing. Cool. Did you get a thing? I got a thing. Tell me of your thing. Oh, you want me to? I got, I got two things. One okay. is a Kickstarter thing. Another thing I got that I wanted to share with you. Okay. Because um, I don't know what's in here yet. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I want to tell you about is the White Wanderer. Right. This was a project back from the art category, our very first project that we, our very first domain oh, that we dove into. That was and so long White ago Wanderer now. was a yeah Chicago art installation. And it was the Larson Sea Ice Shelf that broke away, and they had right. recordings of the sounds of the the ice shelf as it separated. And they finally um, packaged the side A and side B that were done on the the vinyl printing and made those available digitally and let their backers have those. So I now have side A and side B of the White Wanderer. So I was gonna I was you, gonna try and give you a listen yeah. right right before we started here. Yeah. But you weren't able to hear it. Technical difficulties. But yes. did you take a listen? I certainly did. And what did you what did you think of it? It let me um I'll sing it to you. Okay, yeah. Hold on. Let me just get in the right frame of mind for this. I want to be receptive. Okay, go. it's awesome i listened to like all eight minutes of it just uh more than once now did you crank it i feel like that's the kind of thing that you really wanted a good volume it's it's pretty awesome I kind of want to get over my technical difficulties and put it on my good system with the sub and just see what kind of... Because I'm assuming a splintering ice shelf is going to have some deepness to it. You know what I mean? I think you would run the risk if you were near the ocean that some humpback whales might... Well, that's what I thought you were doing Might come, come to mate, yeah. You really sounded like Dory trying to communicate with <laughs> whales. And I, I don't want to offend you, but you can't speak whale, Chris. You I think have, you can. I might have said something, but I have no idea what I said. Yeah. I 
I think it was probably sexual innuendo. I just hope it wasn't too uh, <laughs> f- full of innuendo or salacious. <laughs> okay, now I have to listen to it. Well, that's interesting. So how many have you gotten now? You got the dinosaurs and you got the White Wanderer now. Yeah, the art from season one, the Brontosaurus, Brontosaurus from, from episode, Crafts. Not season one, episode one. Yeah, from Crafts, episode three. Okay. What did we have? We had comics. Back? Oh, I did the movement project. Right, for dance. But that was just um, kind of just th- throwing some, some bones their way. <laughs> right. Still waiting on okay. the firm lock. Still waiting on the sports shorts. So, yeah, so. Okay. Just those two, I think. What about you? So oh, you you have something new. You I have do. a thing. I got a thing. Uh, and it was funny. I, I forgot to expect this one. I didn't think it would come this far, uh, this quickly. This was the Notebook Trust, the smart organizer for all you need that I backed uh, for the crafts episode. Yeah. Uh, it came all the way from Australia and an estimated delivery in December of 2017. But I got it early, a little bit early and before Thanksgiving. No, just after Thanksgiving. And uh, it's very nice. It's well-constructed. It showed up perfectly intact, and I put it away. It's funny because I showed it to Catherine, and and she thought it was nice. And I think I mentioned on the podcast that I was thinking of giving it it to Julia as a, a Christmas present for her to take notes. She likes to do journals and stuff like that. So it gets here and Kat looks at it and she's like, it's a little masculine. I don't know that Julia is going to like it. And she's not really doing much journaling. I don't think that's going to work out. So I was like, okay, so I I was going to just keep it kind of in a, in a side drawer for, I'll be, if I'm a hundred percent Frank, it was going to be a Christmas present for you. But (laughs) (laughs) so, but flash forward to yesterday evening, and my daughter looks over at me and says, my friend showed me this one video of this person doing this journal, and it's a different kind of journal that they do. And I was like, are you talking about bullet journaling? Oh. And she's like, yeah. Sweet. And I was like, uh, yeah. And so she's like, I, I, I think I'm going to try this. And in my brain, I'm like, what are the odds? And so... Tonight, uh, she brought it up again, and she's like, I'm going to have mom take me to get, you know, some, she wants to, this particular person does a particular set of colors and highlights Uh for their classroom's notes and things, and she wants to do that. And and I was like, do you have a notebook to do this in? She's like, I think I've written all my notebooks, so I might have to get a notebook too. And I was like, well, (laughs) so I broke it out. And uh, and told her the whole story about it, and she actually loves it. She's like, I don't think it's masculine. I think it's amazing. And she's like, it kind of has a almost like a retro feel, and she loves that aspect of it. So she's tickled pink. So I'm sorry your Christmas present has disappeared, but I think it will go to good use. I think that this is a uh, perfect, yeah, perfect. Perfect place for it to find rest. Yeah. That I was, was exciting. And bullet is. journaling. That's great, too. I know. Uh, that's kind of nominally the system that I use. It, yeah. yeah. It, it, me, too. I mean, I've made a uh, a bullet journal. <laughs> You've made the legend in the I back. I have. I made the legend in the back. And I have two 
<laughs> notes in it from one meeting. I'm working on it. I'm I'm trying to get better. So that is the third thing that I've gotten from my Kickstarter campaigns that we've backed since we've started backers. The solar system at a date coffee yeah. mug and proactive insurance, the pros and absurdist spy thriller, my comic bundle, and now my notebook. I haven't gotten my sit, eat, chew, personal tale or recipe yet. <laughs> I'm excited to see what that turns out to be. Uh, so am I. And Scurry is still being worked on, and that was from comics. And then my sp- fidget spinner hasn't gotten here yet, and I'm waiting on my alpaca wool sweater. But it's still awfully nice to get things. It's like yes. little mini Christmases. That's so delightful. So speaking of little mini Christmases, mm-hmm. I got a thing in the mail today. Okay. That's right. Okay, you're going to share it with me. So this is not a Kickstarter-related thing. I don't know if it even really belongs necessarily in the program, but it's a thing that I got, and I was excited, and I, I th- couldn't think of anybody else to share it with other than uh, you. Uh, so I don't know if you can see here. I'm Oliver Klimp now. Who the, uh, who the uh, sitter <gasps> is. I can. So this is a regular standard size envelope that came in the mail. Mm-hmm. That is adorned with red, white, and blue around the edges, mm-hmm. and the return address is Cards Against Humanity in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> what the have stamp you done? on here is this is for the Cards Against Humanity Saves America. That's right. Did you project? Did you get <laughs> a square inch of land? Well, I'm about to find out. I'm going to open it now. So this was. <laughs> The holiday thing that Cards Against Humanity was running this year, if anyone hasn't heard about this. They sold out in nine hours. I managed to get in <laughs> on this. Okay, opening it now. It is, Brian, it is. Oh, my I think, gosh. I think, I think, wait. Oh, there's a whole bunch of pa- papers in here. I'm sure there is. I mean, there's a lot of legal documents involved. There is a... Uh, Okay, a lot of stuff that you would expect from Cars Against Humanity in terms mm-hmm. of uh, their well-written, uh-huh. dear-valued customer. You're receiving this notification because your social security number has been compromised by the <laughs> Equifax Corporation. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's Cars Against Humanity. Okay, so we'll read through that later. Okay. Um, you know, your social security is, number probably has been compromised. Uh, yeah, and so is, has everybody's in America. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is... Oh, here we go. The official certification. This document certifies that you, the holder of this certificate, help Cards Against Humanity by 0.000667%. Oh, my goodness. Of a parcel of land along the U.S.-Mexico border. This document further certifies that any attempt by the U.S. government to build a wall in this land will be resisted to the full extent of the law by Cards Against Humanity and its legal mm. representatives at Graves, Darty, Huron, and Moody. Mm. Awesome. That's good. So there, there we have it. So, Chris, there's something that we should talk about, and that is the Aquagen. So we're in the uh, yeah. Now we're the, in the what, what in the world were they? Yeah, what in the world were they thinking? Projects. <laughs> yeah. Food. We're doing food this week. We are. Uh, is this in food? It is. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. These were all from food. Oh my gosh. So. The Aquagen, water and breathable oxygen on the go. Well, Brian, I have a question for you to start out. Let's hear it. Have you ever wondered how important oxygen is? <laughs> have you ever wondered how important water is? Have you ever thought about our future? I guess not in that manner, no. Well, had you watched their campaign video, those questions would have been posed to you. But look no further. A solution is here. Okay. 
oxygen levels are down worldwide. Mm. And now we need oxygen canisters in our water bottles. We do. We do? Apparently. Okay. I take it this is not the project you backed? It's not. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Brian, you can get as many as 25 breaths of enriching oxygen from the ox- aquagen. Okay. Brian, this is what you need to live today, Brian. Okay. Um, and so if you did not see this, I'm bringing it to your attention now so you can get in and back this with a special early bird special. Okay. Or if you're in an emergency situation, you might need oxygen. And you've got to be tired of carrying both water bottles and oxygen canisters everywhere you go. It's true that they are burdensome after a while. Now so with this, this combines pen- them? Yes, this patent pending device combines them. Oh, okay. I mean, that will be helpful. You need oxygen and water to live. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I do. I do need water and oxygen, but I don't. Is there a mountain you need to climb, Brian? Is it taller than the last one you climbed? You're going to need the aquagen. Oh, my goodness. What happens whenever I'm finished with it? You you buy more. Oh, okay. Can I still use the bottle? Will it hold water? Or after I suck the oxygen out, is everything useless? I think you can replenish both. So you, when you're finished with your 25 breaths... You take the canister of oxygen out and you throw that away, contributing to the world's pollution problem, <laughs> which just reinforces the vicious cycle of needing more oxygen for your aquagen. This is a brilliant... It's patented. You see the yeah. patented icon there? That's good. Yeah, they spelled asthma wrong also. I saw that. Asthma. I, I, I saw it and I I was like, "Am I? have I been spelling it wrong this entire time? Hmm. Asthma. I like this guy that's sucking down oxygen. Yeah, it's down pretty below. great. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so oxygenated, bro. Meow, <laughs> meow. You want to talk about the cat cafe? Uh huh. Cafe meow. Yeah. Cafe meow. Yeah, meow. <laughs> you saw this one too, didn't you? I did. And, and I love cats, and I love coffee. Uh, you don't I know. Like I, I wanted to tread carefully because we're like the yin and yang. I'm the dog lover, mm-hmm. and we know from your past travails with dog ownership that you are <laughs> not a dog lover; that you're a cat lover. I like dogs. I just don't. Uh, I just don't want them in my house. So this, exactly. So this is a project called the Cafe Meow. They are raising money for renovations for a cat cafe in Minneapolis. This is actually their second Kickstarter. Hmm. Apparently, in 2015, they did have enough backers to back the Cafe Meow, and now they're trying to renovate it. Well, that's cool. I think, see, I think this is a a decent idea. Now, do it. it. (laughs) I only knew this existed in Japan. Oh, that's a good point. And so I'm a little... Uh Uh-huh. Disrot's not the right word. I'm just... It's come to the U.S. shores, and here it is cafe cats cat cafes whatever i was trying to think of a way to frame my i guess disgust of this with you so imagine okay i'm i'm trying to imagine rumpy's frame of mind here let me go Uh, and i was trying to to to, yeah not not my frame i was trying to like reach across and share this with you imagine a hotel right 
where they put a dog in your room with you during your stay? My daughter would sign up immediately. Yes, but, but you like so you check in for the night, <laughs> uh-huh. and they give you a key. They they mention the the turn down service uh-huh. of your bed covers with the chocolate on your pillow, the fancy French soaps that are complimentary right. in your bathroom. Okay, and then they ask you to take your pick of dog that you'll be spending the evening with. Okay. Do you want the neurotic Shih Tzu? Do you want the stinky <laughs> black lab? Do you want the Doberman that has issues with thunderstorms at night? <laughs> and they just send you into your room with a dog that you have to sleep with. I just thought to you maybe that would cause you oh, a lot that, of anxiety. So that's the equal that's the equivalency here. Yeah, so the this cat would be the idea of me walking Yes, walking to a cat cafe. I just yeah. had that kind of like, oh my gosh, because Interesting. Really? I don't trust cats. <laughs> uh, I've met people like that. I didn't know you were one of them. Yeah. I, you know, I always try to reach across the aisle and talk to your cats. Uh-huh. Meow, meow, meow. Meow. They just look at you like you're insane. But I think in general, I just have a distrust of cats. And plus, I don't like the idea of, I don't know, it's a place where you go to drink and eat. And the thought of there being, like when cats get frightened, they, they shed. Mm, okay. Right? And so all I can think about is a lot of neurotic cats in a room with strangers, and the cat's just like sending out these puffs of of hair, and they're being and hair dander. in your coffee and dander, and, and it just <laughs> sounds it sounds like total madness to me. Um, I, honestly, I would go. <laughs> I would. I mean, there have been people at the office that have advocated for having a room full of cats that you could go in there and pet. Exactly. So, I think you're just an outlier, Chris. You. I don't know. Your kind needs to really watch it okay i I think we've just jumped the shark as a society (laughs) it can only be downhill from here but it's comforting you can sit there if a cat wants to come visit you come over and you can meow at him and pet him between his little ears maybe he'll fall asleep on your lap while you drink your coffee are you kidding come on don't be heartless you know what i'm holding out for okay I'm, i'm holding out for somebody to open the first kubo cafe Oh God. You remember, so I can just see that we're at the point now where we're going to choose tales. we're going to choose to go to a specialty shop and sit there sipping our heirloom coffees while uh-huh. stroking headless cat-shaped pillows. Robotic cats. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the Kubo Cafe. Maybe that's what's going to make it take off, the Kubo Cafe. That's the market. It's coming. I think that is probably the point at which when the Kubo Cafe comes to existence, there is going to be a giant portal that just opens up over this entire country, and just some unnamed ancient horror reaches out and sucks the entire country through into some dark realm of sorrow. Like it's just all over at that that's point. That's it. That's, yeah, that's what's going to do it. Yep. Okay, the Kubo Cafes. Of course, if that happens, it'll probably start in Japan first, and Japan will be ripped from the earth, and we'll be like, maybe we don't go down that path. Yeah. You're saying that like it hasn't already happened in Japan, though. I, d- I didn't do the research. You didn't. I'm I'm putting it at even odds. It's already there. Yeah. I guess we have two paths. Uh, we've got two ideas now. We have we, yeah. me and you, Backers Podcast, can start our own Kickstarter. <laughs> and Kubo we've got, Cafes. We've got Kubo Cafe Cafes. We've also got the dog, ho- the dog tail, the dog <laughs> hotels. <laughs> I'm down with this idea. Since we're uh, 45 yeah. minutes in, should we? <laughs> we should just jump to it. 
been going for a while here. <laughs> well, Do you it have was, any? This, uh, this category was. I always say this every week. This category just seemed really tough for me. So yeah. Um, I finally. Um, uh, I I guess I had reasonable luck because I I wasn't thinking for too long before one jumped out at me and I don't know what it was, but I was just like, you know what? Yes, I'm in. Was it the Osaka French press? That isn't the one. <laughs> I just no. saw that one and I thought, oh, here's another oh. coffee making gadget for Brian. Yeah. You know me. So what they were pitching was a French press and their innovation is that you, you know, with a French press, you basically have a canister that you put your coffee grinds into, you put hot water in there, mm-hmm. and then you have that plunger that has a mesh on the bottom. Yes. And you force that through the liquid that separates the grinds from your coffee. And the problem that you you run into with a French press is if you leave the coffee sitting in there, it stays in contact with the grinds. Mm. For a long time, and it over extracts the beans. Okay. So, coffee snobs will, <laughs> if you're if you're using a French press the correct way, then you will brew your coffee, press, and then you'll pour the right. French your your French press coffee into another vessel. Okay. Either like a carafe, or if you make just enough for your own cup of coffee, you do that. Right. So their innovation, I didn't quite understand how it works, but. It's supposed to be that it's a basically a French press, but when you force the grounds, a plunger or whatever through yeah. the yeah through the grinds, on one hand they have a silicon ring around the edge, which yeah. is supposed to help prevent coffee particulates from getting into your your coffee. Your poor coffee, can, okay, yeah, right. second happy. So it's supposed to supposed to happen. So that's supposed to make it, I guess, a um, less gritty just, result. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the other thing is that. Somehow, when you push all the way to the bottom, it is supposed to it has a mechanism where it can force the grinds to the bottom and the liquid above where the plunger is, so it separates the liquid from the grinds. Ah, uh, so it doesn't over extract. Right. Okay. So I did think that was an interesting innovation. It is. Um, I wonder how how good it is, but it just wasn't something that. Um, I don't know. I'm still pretty happy with the AeroPress. We've talked about it many times. Have Um, we? (laughs) (laughs) Buy the AeroPress. Yeah. Go get one today. My big thing, and I've stated it before, with the whole French press mechanism, that's great that it doesn't over-extract and it keeps your coffee from getting grounds and gritty. My whole thing with with French presses is the cleanup. Yeah. They're always such a sloppy mess trying to get the grounds out of the bottom, you know, without rinsing it and dumping it out because then you got to put them in the disposal, you know, but trying to get them out into a garbage can, you know, especially with this, the design that they have with that, that uh, glass handle on Mm -hmm. it, trying to knock the grounds out. I just picture that handling breaking on the second use of the thing but yeah that's always been my beef with french presses is not the extraction or the or the separation of the grinds it's the friggin cleanup yep especially especially with our beloved aeropress and popping the puck yeah it's just one as satisfying yeah as satisfying as popping the puck is why would i want to do anything else yeah but thank you for finding it and thinking of me yeah at the same time though with like the whole food category i think when we 
went in here, I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. That you get some like, tapas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my tapas. Give me some tapas. <laughs> well, I guess one of the things I think about with Kickstarter is that when we're looking at these different categories and we're looking on Kickstarter in general, that you're going to be exposed to a lot of project ideas that are really innovative or pushing the boundaries of their product category. Right. Because, right, if you're trying to push a product into the normal distribution channels or avenues, a lot of times you're not going to get the support that's that's necessary because a lot of people just want to play it safe and keep pushing the status quo. Sure. So that's why Kickstarter is a really great vehicle for launching new and interesting ideas. And I wasn't really sure what kind of new and interesting ideas there would be in the food domain, right? Yeah. So... I think just looking through here and all the projects, there were what, 300, 300-ish? Yeah, between um, 299 and 310 yeah. over and, the time. And so to their credit, that French press, the kind of a, a improvement on the French press design was one of the ones that I saw that I thought, oh, okay, so there is an innovation there. That's Where everything fair. else, um, it just seemed like it was the category of a lot of different vegan options and cookbooks and lots of different breweries being pitched and yeah. certainly lots of low carb ketogenic high protein <laughs> things to nibble on right. and i guess i don't know maybe for some people looking in here and seeing these projects certainly a lot of vegan projects maybe that would be new and novel to them maybe it's just that from the space i've come from i'm familiar with a lot of those those concepts and categories that haven't made the mainstream sure um or only on the fringes but that's why it was difficult this week for me to really dig in and find something that i thought was new and novel yeah yeah and i i, I kind of agree with you shall we get into our back picks since let's we're, do it let's let's rock it yeah so we've got some other picks that we will put in the show notes that uh, are mentionable but since we went so long enjoying our discussions uh <laughs> we'll just uh give you links to those and you can explore them at your whim but uh what i ended up backing was the fajita butler uh <laughs> i know i was so pleased when i found this though uh surf fajitas and more the simple way i just laughed at that because not to interrupt you but i never i never even looked at this when i saw it yeah and i thought that it said fajita butter <laughs> and i thought to myself i don't need artisanal <laughs> single purpose butter. butter for making fajitas right and that makes sense. yeah so i was like i just never even clicked into that project because i thought it was fajita <laughs> butter so this uh we the thing is we like doing fajitas pretty often and i pictured this both at home and in QB, my RV, whenever we're out camping as a really cool way of serving and enjoying fajitas. So the fajita butler is a serving and enjoying mechanism for fajitas consisting of a base that you heat up and it keeps the proteins and the vegetables and all of that warm. And then there's a drawer underneath it that borrows the heat from the heated base in order to keep your tortillas warm or at least even heat them up to begin with right now we nuke them right but i mm. think if you heat up this base and put your fajitas in there they'll warm up nicely and then 
little condiment trays that go on the sides or on the back so that you can all reach over and get your condiment trays. This really reminded me, Catherine, the French Canadian that she is, have you ever heard of a raclette? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I should say we. Oui. Oh, mais oui, mais bien sûr. Uh, we have a raclette. We rarely use it, but this felt a little raclette-like. Uh, a raclette is basically a almost like a griddle that you use that heats up food hot, but it also has these little trays that you put underneath the heat that heats other things. Like you put like a little meat or a little potato and cheese on top of it Mm -hmm. and you put it underneath and it gets almost like broiled from above by putting it underneath the the main heating elements. Uh, And it was a, I've only done it like three or four times. Kat did it all through her youth and growing up, but uh, this kind of made me think of a raclette and I think this will resonate pretty well with Catherine and maybe even Jean-Pierre whenever he comes to visit we could have some fajitas but so I backed it it isn't backed yet or it isn't uh hasn't been funded yet it's got 12 days to go and it's about three thousand dollars short of a twenty thousand dollar goal so I I think they have a pretty good chance of making it but I thought it was a pretty cool idea yeah, I think at this point it comes down to how well they do that final marketing push. Yeah. But yeah, 12 days to go is a pretty good chance to still make that goal. Yep. But yeah, now that I realize it's not butter, this looks... <laughs> this a little looks, more compelling? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially the warmed tortillas. Yeah. Yeah, like we have a hard time trying to figure out how to correctly rewarm our tortillas as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you do them, they end up too... I don't know, too, like especially corn tortillas, they end yeah. up a little too uh, fried or yes. too too stale. They almost end up more like a tostada rather than being able to have the pliability you need for a taco. Right. Um, so that looks like a really interesting thing. I also thought it was clever that the guy running the campaign, his name is Brian Butler. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Fajita Butler. I thought that uh-huh. was a, yeah, uh-huh. very, very clever. Yeah. Does this have a, uh, did I see this has a fork with it? Yeah, there's the fajita. So I saw another project that was the nacho fork. <laughs> I didn't see that. One. Okay, and this looked kind of similar. Uh, the the fork because it's like a like a trident, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is called a skillet fork. Skillet fork. I'm very curious to see how it works in practice. So yeah, that's what I backed, and I get it by Christmas if it's if it uh, succeeds. So I like this one picture of using it like a valet, where it's got his uh, keys and wallet. <laughs> cell phone some change in it so if, if, it, if it does never serves its purpose in the kitchen you could uh yeah. repurpose it absolutely <laughs> that, that looks, is pretty cute that looks pretty cool yeah so what'd you find i found it's funny for <laughs> as much as i was making fun a little earlier i'm fun but it's like saying there's nothing new mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff in here that's ketogenic or Mm-hmm. vegan so i found you're having a regret on your statements from before aren't you <laughs> maybe a little bit maybe just <laughs> a little foot and mouth maybe a little podcaster know thyself oh goodness so i backed the iq bar mm-hmm. which is delicious brain food to go these are what do you what would you say nutrition bars food bars they are yeah. Free of grain, free of gluten, free of dairy, soy, and any added sugars. 
They also happen to be, here's all the buzzwords, vegan, paleo, ketogenic, Whole30, and mm. kosher. Whew. Man. They got all yeah, the bases they hit going. all of them. But um, they're funded. 509 backers today. Still 45 days to go. They were trying to get $10,000. They've got almost $30,000 pledged That's right now. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? So they're, they're, they're killing it. Yeah. And they're targeted as one of those projects we loved by Kickstarter now, too, even though it's hard to see that tag because it's white instead of green. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this just, like like I said, I was having some, some issues finding something. <laughs> and in the end, I, I really, I, I don't know. I guess I wanted something I could could taste could sample yeah, you could eat it <laughs> yeah i want to put it put it in my mall uh-huh. um and so this is the one i, I came upon I, I i don't know if you know this i i eat rx bars have you tried those before no i haven't yeah so an rx bar is a very simple nutrition bar as well that is made with simple ingredients they try to put everything that's in the bar on the front of the package okay. so they'll say things like oh this bar has three dates two almonds, oh, okay. et cetera, et cetera, and no BS is sort of their their thing. Right. And they were another small kind of upstart. And I think the first RX bars I ever bought was um, via mail, mail order, bought from their website. And I think I did so hearing about them on a podcast somewhere. It turns out now that last month, RX bar was bought by Kellogg. So they kind of... Really? Yeah, they they reached oh, wow. uh, a mass big enough that they were distributed in places like Trader Joe's. And um, next thing you know, Kellogg stepped in and, and bought them. Wow. So IQ Bar, in a lot of ways, is these nutrition bars that are, you know, kind of turning on its head a lot of the the nutrition bars that you might be familiar familiar with, like sure, yeah. Cliff, not to name names, but Cliff bars and uh, even Laura bars, where there's a lot of sugar that's added to those. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, these bars have sugar in them as well, but it's because they use dates as a binding agent. So there's no added sugar. All the sweetness is coming from there. And all told, there's still only six to eight, I think, grams of sugar-ish in each bar. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so they kind of, like I said, flip it, a lot of the bars you see out there in the mass market, flip it on its head where they are give, delivering these high-fat, high-protein bars with low low added, or no added sugars, but low sugar content. So they're, and like I said, they're vegan and ketogenic and all that stuff. Pretty interesting. I mean, I guess the angle they come at is, you know, oh, you want to eat these for sustained mental energy and right uh, critical brain nutrients and all that kind of stuff i mean if that works for some people that's that's great for me it's just that i've noticed eating a lot of sugary bars you get that immediate immediate rush and then you crash really hard afterwards and right. i've just found that eating i keep a lot of uh, raw nuts either walnuts yep. um almonds cashews and maybe a little bit of raisins for sweetness in my office um, for an afternoon snacks, uh, usually in my bag, I carry one of those RX bars. So this one kind of played to those same things that I'm valuing right now. Right. And I thought I would give a chance at these IQ bars because they sound like they're really, really interesting flavors as yeah. well. I think they I, have almond, I will, uh, cacao, put, blueberry <laughs> walnut, and matcha hazelnut. Can I put in a request to get at least a couple of the almond cacao so I can I can buy them from you? I really want to try it. Sure. Thank you. 
Yeah, I was kind of torn between the almond cacao and the matcha hazelnut, matcha hazelnut. just because that one sounded yeah. like nothing that I've had before. I mean, can I, can yeah. I buy one of those from Yeah, you let's do that. <laughs> it looks really tasty. Yeah, almonds, walnuts, coconut flakes, dates, cacao nibs, cacao powder, chia seeds, chicory root fiber, and pink Himalayan sea salt. Yeah, I just love anything that you can read all the it. ingredients. Yeah, I would eat it all. Yeah. Ah, good find. So oh, I'm a little bit worried. This... Of... Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to no, say, I'm a little please. bit worried about buying a food product on a Kickstarter. Like, am I going to get dysentery from... <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't know, dude. They've got... If you've got nutrition facts already, I'm pretty sure you're not going to get dysentery. I it also sounds like homework. the ingredients they do have, it's pretty low chance of there being anything rough in there. Yeah. Um, and I did a little bit of digging too, looked at their website, and then found some other um, endeavors, I guess, they've been involved with trying okay. to, to raise funding or um, almost like hackathons for the food industry that Team IQ Bar has been involved with. So they're not a fly-by-night operation. Mm. They seem like they had enough realness to them that... yeah. That they're going to be a thing. I'm interested in how they're going to manufacture this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was the team. one. Yeah. I'm really curious about it. Like, where is your manufacturing facility? What's that like to try and bring a food product yeah. to, to market? That's very... Eh. Maybe we should follow up. Chris, you have homework. Follow up. See how they're going to do this. Yeah, okay. I'm, do I'm an into interview. It. A first backers interview. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can get them on board. Yeah. I think it's I think it's interesting. One of the things you didn't mention as a positive for this one that I noticed whenever I saw the nutrition facts, they're very high fiber too. Yes. 48% of your daily dietary fiber intake provided by any of them. Absolutely. That's, that's pretty amazing. It's going to help as you make your... someone who's... <laughs> going to make you help, you help you make your two hot dogs a day. <laughs> <laughs> That a, <laughs> Isn't that what they say? Is it? If you want to keep on time and keep regular, you gotta. You need to make two hot dogs a day. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> That's oddly specific. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Hey, we'll let IQ Bar run with that slogan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You can make that part of the interview. We're gonna Just give give them, give them that for free. Yep. Yeah. IQ bar. So now, now did you, you back this at the two-year supply level or? I didn't go that deep. Okay. Um, I did only go into the the $32 pledge, which okay. is one, one box. Yeah. And yeah, so when I was looking around, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to try and back something at a reasonable level. I didn't want mm-hmm. to... To, to back something that was going to put me in the same realm as trying to back the jet ski you wanted to get a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that was a fishing boat. <laughs> a fishing boat, sorry. It was a jet ski fishing boat. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah. And when I looked at this when I looked at this uh, campaign, they had a pledge level that was $15, which mm-hmm. gives you one bar of each of their flavors, plus like a recipe list. Right. But that's five bucks a pop. Yeah, and that was one of the things I was thinking about was five dollars a pop proposition. is pretty expensive for uh, each bar. And I get the idea with Kickstarter. Oh yeah, I know. Right, you're. I mean, you're you're trying to help back something. You're coming yep. in and ba- 
I mean, there's no guarantee of any of this being delivered, right? But right. You're, you're basically saying, I'm on board with this idea, and I want to back it so that I can enjoy it in the future if it becomes a mass market product, and sure. maybe even to help get it off the ground so other people can enjoy it. Yeah. And But I just... I really didn't want to get in there at the $5 per bar value. No. So when I looked down and saw that you could buy a box, which is 12 bars at $32, I mean, yeah. that's still A little less than $3 super a cheap. piece. But now you're talking, that's yeah. almost mass market. Yeah, level. even at retail, I buy those RX bars for about $2 a piece exactly. at Trader Joe's, and you got to pay tax on top of that. And I think the first ones that I ever bought were... A box of RX bars is probably around $25, 26-ish dollars if you buy from their website, and then you're still paying shipping on top of that. So, And this is $32 with, um, as far as I could tell, no additional shipping charge. So it's it's not that not, not, it's not a big stretch. No. So with a $32 pledge, you get a box of 12 bars, and you get also a list of some recipes that they give you as well because mm-hmm. they've apparently done a lot of science to try and figure out – you know, like one of their big pushes is this is brain food, so they're trying to, to hey, you gotta <laughs> you gotta back that up, right? Right. So we're gonna reduce mental fatigue by giving you the right nutrition you need, and we're gonna give you some other recipes as well. And I think the other thing they give you is like their curated list of podcasts for nutrition that you should listen to. Are we on there? I'm gonna follow up with um, from Will. <laughs> With IQ Bar and see if we can get on there. Yeah. And the last thing that you do, if they hit their stretch goal of $30,000, which it looks like they will, they're going to give a free 30-minute guided meditation video to all their backers. Uh So they kind of have this mind-body, nutrition, wellness sort of angle that they're pushing. So I'm I'm excited. I dig it. I won't get these until March. March? That's what it looks like. But the product, unless, as you've seen with several of your products, that things come early. Yeah. But there's still 45 days to go, so this project won't close until 2018 as it stands. Uh, okay, yeah. So that sounds like a long way, but considering that the project won't close until yeah, sometime in January, I don't know. Uh, it's good. So good, good on find. them. Yeah, good find, dude. Well, that's food. We did it. We did it. Hey, next week is games, Brian. Oh, my God. We have, I feel like we've finally made <laughs> we it, made to, it. The, to the yeah. promised land. We are here. There's The gates are open. Light is streaming out, welcoming us and bathing us in a golden hue. Uh, it's going to be... Have you already looked? I, I have not. Yet. Not not a bit. No. Uh, and we've already decided we can back however many we want, right? <laughs> I think we have. I mean... <laughs> Although, as we discussed in the very first podcast, the games category is the only one I've ever been actually bitten on and got nothing out of it, so... That's a fair point. Yeah. I, I, maybe I should be more cautious. Maybe I'll have to pack something with... Uh, I'll have to do my diligence and find something from a reputable source that has put out things before. I mean, you know I'm going to gravitate immediately to the board games. I know you oh, are. Oh, gosh. Speaking of board games, I did have... <gasps> I mean, it's too late to get into it, but I got Gloomhaven this week, too. Which in a book, finally roughly... Or in a box, roughly the size of a Prius? Um... It's at least the size of my two and a half year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we're gonna have to talk about that next time. Yeah, I just need to find um, some time to play it, some people to play it with. I'll play it with you. Okay, let's do it. Yes. Um. So yeah, Gloomhaven. That's on the on the docket. 
next time on Backers. Games category, and Chris tells us the love of Gloomhaven. <laughs> I actually don't really want to dive into it until I have a group of campaigns to play the campaign with, because mm-hmm. maybe, maybe reading the rules, but I don't yeah. want to have any spoilers, because it's supposed to be this really great epic story. See, um, now you're making me want to play it. Yeah. And all good. of our listeners. That's what you're supposed to be doing, though. I'm proud of you. Yeah, Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. You ready to take us home? Yeah, I think we've been on here for quite a while, so let's close it up <laughs> for today. Okay. Okay. Well, that is all of our time for today. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time when we will be exploring and backing one campaign from Kickstarter's Games category. Woo! Backers is produced by Chris Rumpf and Brian Dupuis. You can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at, at backerspodcast or individually at Rumpfy and at Cold Forge. Join us next time, and until then, back responsibly. <laughs> <laughs>